Oh, please do sit down. Um, Steve said, those uh, who are younger, you might have uh, headed off your own activities. If, you, if you're staying with us, uh, we're going to turn to God's Word. So those of you in Pathfinders or Grafted, everyone else, if you've got a Bible nearby, uh, grab hold of it. And we're going to have two readings uh, this morning. Uh, two readings that speak about the blessed life. Uh, the first one is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 1. And then we'll turn on to Matthew 5 and read verses 1 to 9 after that. But here's our first reading. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. And our second reading is from Matthew uh, chapter 5. And we're going to read verses uh, 1 to 9. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Let me lead us in a prayer as we come uh, to look at these words together. Lord Jesus, the words we're considering, they come from one who's shown love beyond measure. Uh, You're the one who endured humiliation, the cursed death of the cross, bearing the wrath of God for us to bring us to new life. So it is our joy to hear what you say and to rest in your love this morning. Amen. Uh, we'll keep that, keep that reading from uh, Matthew's Gospel open. We're, we're going to be uh, zooming in, really, on verses 7, 8, and 9 this morning. As we come to do that, we, we've all been thinking about it. The, the current pandemic, among other things, it has been imposing new patterns of living on us. Uh, so for, for us, in our family at home, we've got children at home, and that means children are being schooled at home. Rooms are being used differently. All sorts of things uh, happen in our working week now. I'm less active at the moment. I, don't have, I wasn't very active before, but I don't even have my cycle into the office uh, in the morning now. And I'm sure there's all sorts of things uh, going on for you as well. The, the pandemic has a way of imposing uh, new patterns of living on us. The world's become a funny place. We're living with a kind of, with a kind of now and not yet. Uh, things we do today in the hope of of what we might have on, on that day. 
Now, today it's lockdown and limitations. And that day, uh, well, that day we're, we're hoping it will be freedom, family, friends. Now, what are you hoping for? Uh, what are the kind of things that come to mind? What, what are your hopes? Is it, is it maybe just to hug someone? Being able to do that, not, not, just, to, not just to see the friend and, and feel your, your body making the move and then you have to catch yourself and pull back, but to be able to just carry through and hug them. Is it to have friends in the room and not just in Zoom? And maybe it's, it's an escape. In some ways, you, you, you're feeling life has become almost like a bit of slavery. I know some families with, with their homeschooling is meaning your, your work's not gone away. You, you've got to do a bit of homeschooling, and work is now spilling out into the evenings, onto what was your day off, filling up even, even Sundays. Uh, I was hearing of, of one friend who, who now works, working at a hospital, uh, doing physio. She does two 10-hour shifts on a Saturday and Sunday so she can be free during the week to do the homeschooling. Her life's become slavery. Or maybe it's a different kind of escape. Uh, not just from your home or from work. Maybe you're, you're just longing for escape from the person you feel you're becoming during this kind of weird period of lockdown. Bad habits have been coming back. You want to get out and have interactions with people that you know help so much. All sorts of hopes. But there's wobbles to those hopes as well, isn't there? Christmas was cancelled. I mean, the vaccine is rolling out, but we begin to hear news of new strains. How are you feeling? I mean, that's the gutting thought, isn't it? Not just to be told it's not over yet, but for someone to say to you, look, uh, I'm afraid that day it's not going to be something you'll enjoy. Uh, today, today for you, today is not the kind of uh, uh, darkness before the sunrise. It's just a whisper of worse to come. I mean, for pessimists like me, that's the kind of thing we worry about. That's the kind of thing we, we think about. Now, you might be someone, I guess you might be someone who is all kind of sunshine and blue skies optimism. Even at this stage, you might be feeling more relaxed than a jellyfish on a sandy beach. You are just okay with all of this stuff. But if you can even sense it for a bit, if you can even feel just a little bit of those concerns and those anxieties, well, then come back to these Beatitudes because Jesus says something, something about our lives and about our world that speaks to that kind of concern. Verses 7, 8, and 9. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called, well, your, your Bible probably says something like children of God. It's literally, they'll be called sons of God. And you remember the shape of these beatitudes as we've looked at them over these past few weeks. Jesus is saying, look, into this world... God has invaded, well, he's invaded with a new way of life, a blessed life. And he talks about it in terms of, of the kingdom of God, verses 3 and 10, that kind of brackets this little section here. And he speaks about this new kind of life as having also a, a sort of now and not yet, a today and that day feel to it as well, a today, the, uh, now and that day, a, a new creation, heaven if you like. And he's been saying, look, whatever else is going on for you, whatever else is happening now, however hard life is, if today your life is heading towards that day, Jesus says your life really is blessed. If today your life is heading towards that day, your life is blessed. But if it's not, 
it will be a tragedy of proportions that will make this pandemic look like a mild irritation. And those of us, well, you, you kind of, you'll have picked up like me, won't you? you you'll have picked up the, the two kind of broad responses to the pandemic. Uh, there's, there's those of us who think, why is there not more restrictions? Why aren't people uh, taking this more seriously? Can't believe they're, they're not taking it more seriously. We, we feel kind of anxious about health. And then there's others who think, look, we just need to get on with life. Uh, there's too much health anxiety. Uh, don't people realize the implications for the economy, for jobs, for our money? I think I've moved between we, both of these over the past few months at different times, but I just think in this past week it's interesting. Both responses are anxious. They're just anxious about different things. We live in disturbing times, don't we? That's what pandemics do. Uh, plagues, all, all sorts of things like that. They, they disturb us, and you think about that maybe over UCS Lewis quote, suffering. Suffering is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And you think about that, and you wonder, what even for us? Even for us as Christians, even, even for us as a church family, do we need rousing? It could be God be wanting to, to get our attention through the pandemic. Could he be using it in that way? And you wonder, have I maybe ever thought, have I thought the, the blessed life, do, do you know what, the, the blessed life is just if I manage to look after my health all right. Have I been thinking maybe the blessed life, all I really need for the blessed life is to, to manage my money reasonably well, to be able to travel, to be able to see friends, and might God be saying, look, you need to feel you need something more. You really do need something more to help you live today with with whichever anxiety you have, you, you need to have another day and not just a vaccine day in view. And so even here in these verses, Jesus speaks to that, three aspects of that day, verses 7, 8, and 9. Jesus says, and, and look, get this, just ha have a look at these verses as we look at them. Jesus says, if you are on the inside, if you're someone who is on the inside on that day, whatever age you're at now, whether you're Pathfinders, Grafted, whether you're, you're much older, but if, you, if you're going to be on the inside on that day, you'll find you receive mercy, verse 7. You will see God, verse 8. You will be called children of God, literally sons of God, verse 9. And you might still be waking up this morning and be feeling, well, what's the great shakes about those things? But just think about the mercy, verse 7. That's mercy here. The, the word's trying to cover the response. It's the, the response to the misery of another. Whether that's forgiveness for someone who's guilty or, or compassion and help for someone who's suffering. And those of you at secondary school, if you're listening, and maybe you're at secondary school or, or sixth form, you, you have a think about this for a minute. The rest of us can imagine as well. But imagine you do something really wrong. It's not just a little thing. It's something, you've done it, and it's really wrong, and your friends drop you. You begin to experience that feeling, and the school are still deciding your fate. You, you become a social outcast, and you don't know what will happen. And you can imagine that feeling. It's just isolating. It's frightening. It is misery. And then a true friend comes. And they say, look, that, that thing you did and, and where it impacted me, I just wanted to say, I, I've forgiven you. 
and you don't ever need to bring it up again, and I will never mention it. And I'm still your friend. And as much as I can, I will give you the best advice that I have, and in any way I can, I will help try and put the pieces back together. And you can imagine, if you can even understand the sense of what that might have felt like before, you can feel the relief of that, both relationally, a friend alongside me, and the practical help. Someone's going to help me try and put this back together. You feel the relief of that mercy. That's what mercy is. And so you understand Jesus' words here in verse 7. He's saying that if you're on the inside on that day, whatever mercy you need, you will have it from Almighty God, and you will experience it in full. And then seeing God, verse 8, that, that's not just catching a glimpse of him. It, it's about close fellowship. It's friendship. At drawing close to God. And the Bible always makes it clear. It always requires holiness, a life going morally in the, in the same direction. And this is saying, on that day, you'll be there. Your quality of life, inside and out, will be suited for friendship with God. You'll see him. You'll, you'll know his ways. And then verse 9 is staggering. To be called, I think, literally sons of God. And don't think, don't think of this as some kind of gender-exclusive statement. That, that's not what's going on. Jewish thinking, calling someone the, the, the son of something, that, that could express family connection. But the emphasis, the emphasis is really on character. You know, someone's called the son of a dog. You know what's being meant there. But to have on that day, man or woman, boy or girl, to, to have the Lord's verdict on your life, you, you share my character. You share my heart. And for the God of heaven to say, you're like my own dear son. That's what you're like on that day. That's what that day will bring. I mean, what a day. The end to all your misery to be in a place where you know you always live in the right way and to be like Jesus. And if you know you're heading, if you're someone who knows you're heading towards that day, like how would it shape today? What, what would it do to your confidence? Even in the midst of sadness, would it bring some joy if you know you're heading towards that day? What would it begin to do to anxiety you feel? And we all feel the pressures of those things. But then the pessimists like me. Then the pessimists like me, we... We pipe up and we say, well, what, what if it's not for me? What if that day's not for me? Because you understand this won't be for everyone. And you imagine, you get to that day and then you're told, no, this is not for you. You won't find mercy. You won't see God. You'll not be called a son. I mean, that would be awful, wouldn't it? So how can you know? How can you know if you're, if you're really heading to that day? Jesus says, here's what he's getting at in these verses. He says, look, if you're really heading for that day, it will begin to impose a pattern of living even today. Kind of like what we're experiencing now. That day imposes a pattern of living today. He's saying to us, here, look, if you're in the kingdom of God today, you will start to live in a way that begins to correspond to that day. 
And, and understand what Jesus is not saying here. He, he's not saying, look, here's a list of things, and if you do enough of them well, then maybe you'll get in. That's not how it works. That's not how the good news of the Christian gospel works. No, Michael showed us two weeks ago, back in verse 3, who is it that gets into God's kingdom? Who are the ones that will be there? It's the poor in spirit. It is those who know they're, they're spiritually bankrupt. I'm a complete failure spiritually. I have nothing to offer. I have no good works that would cut it with God. My, my thoughts are often seedy. My words often carry deception. My best actions have selfish motives. I really can't earn my way to that day. I'll never deserve God's blessing. No, but if you come, if you're someone who will come at his invitation asking for his, asking for his grace and forgiveness, you'll find that he gives it in Jesus, the one who died for you. That's how you get in. That's it. You, you come to him. You ask for his forgiveness and his grace, and he is generous in giving it in Jesus. His own son's been all the way to the cross for you. But I think Jesus is saying, look, if you really have come that way, it will begin to shape life today. I turned 50 before Christmas. Hard to believe when you look at me, isn't it? I turned 50 before Christmas. And right about that time, I surrendered to what I knew I needed. I got my eyes tested. The last part of me that was working, I got my eyes tested. And it turns out, as I knew, I need glasses. Here they are. Here's their first outing in public. I need glasses for reading. They still don't feel very natural. I'm going to take them off again already. I'm getting used to them. They don't feel natural. But I know this is what life is like now. This is what it really should be like for me. I know this is right. And I'll be honest, they might be kind of imposed, but life's better that way. This is the way I'm meant to be living now. Life is better that way. And, and Jesus is saying, look, if we've really come to God, spiritually bankrupt, depending on him, Jesus is saying, here's the life that should come. This really is what you need. This is what it should look like now. If, you, if you're someone who calls yourself a Christian, then, then how we live matters. If you really are a Christian, then, then the life of that day it will break into today. Verse 7, you see what Jesus says? You will be merciful. See, if you know your guilt's real and you, you appreciate your own suffering's painful and if your ultimate hope is, is not in your own ability or your talent to fix it, but that one day God in mercy will come and give relief, that will so delight and humble you that when you see others' misery, you'll care about them. You want to bring forgiveness. You want to bring help. You, you want to do some of the things Steve was encouraging us to do earlier. You want to send a text, phone someone, send a card. You want to be merciful towards them. At verse 8, you'll be pure in heart. What Jesus is meaning here, he's not saying you'll, you'll be perfect yet, but the heart in the Bible is it's the driving force of life. And Jesus is saying there'll be an integrity in your response to God. You, you really will want to live for him. Not just when it's easy, not just when it makes you feel better. And you will battle against what God says is wrong. So when you gossip, and you'll not just let yourself off the hook. When your conscience tells you that, that joke was vulgar, it was rude. When your, 
when your wife says, you, you were a bit unkind to the kids today, you, you'll begin to say, Lord, Lord, please would you help me correct that? I want the driving force of my life to be heading in the direction that sees you in all that I do. And he will become clearer as you do that. You'll begin to see him more clearly in your life and then one day face to face. And then verse 9, you'll be a peacemaker. And as soon as you think about that, you can see why peacemakers would be called sons of God. And it's in incorporating everyone because God's own son, he's the ultimate peacemaker. It wants you to make the link between you, whoever you are, man or woman, and, and him, the Lord Jesus. He's the ultimate peacemaker. He's the one who, through his cross, who made peace between sinful people and a holy God. Uh, and the one who takes selfish people like you and me, and he, he puts them together in church families where, where they love one another. And if you've benefited from that peacemaking, you'll, you'll want to help others experience that peace. And so peacemaking in the church family is not settling into a kind of coexistence. That's not the peacemaking God does. It's, no, it's to the point where you're treating each other like family, like sisters, like brothers. When people fall out, you're attempting to do that. Those of you engrafted, uh, when people, your friends fall out within, within the group here, you're helping them make up. The rest of us in the church family, we're doing that, not just settling into coexistence. But if you care little for those things, it is worth asking, asking, are you really bothered about that day? Because we, we come to a close. Let me draw two implications uh, for what our church family is in light of this. Here's the first thing. Our church family is part of the means by which God assures us about that day. Our church family is part of the means by which God assures us about that day. And, and here's what I mean. Uh, life's often hard now. And right at this moment, work is hard. Family life, it's hard. Being on your own, it's really hard. Just who I am as a person, my screw-ups and my failures. And as a Christian, I can worry about that day coming. Will I get there? And I can start drifting in the way I'm living, but then God places me in a church family where Sunday by Sunday we confess our sin, we remember that we're poor in spirit. And I'm in a church family where I get treated mercifully where when I muck up or when I'm in need, one of you makes the first move to, to help patch me up, to bring forgiveness, to, to help me out with the things that are going wrong. I'm treated merci mercifully. It's like that future day has broken into my today in a little way. And it reminds me, yes, David, this is where life's going. God really is merciful. You see it in these people. I know some of you have said, yeah, this whole online church thing is hard. I know it is. I feel it too. I find it hard. Home groups on Zoom, prayer meetings with screen time, doing online church with the kids. But you need it. You need it. If you want to live heading to that day, I really need it. When I see some of you pure in heart, 
wanting to live with integrity for God, it stops me drifting. Now, the church family is, is part of the means by which God assures us about that day. And here's the second thing. The church family is, is part of the means by which God points others to that day. Blaise Pascal, writing in the 1600s, he said something like this, people despise the message of Jesus. They hate it and are afraid of it. You, you know that. You've been around people who think that way. They, uh, they don't like the message of Jesus. They, uh, and they, they worry about what it will do if you, if you buy into it. People despise the message of Jesus. They hate it and are afraid of it. Pascal was saying that in the 1600s. And then he said, look, here's part of the cure. Make it attractive. Make people wish it were true. And then show them that it is now look, think again, back to that situation. Uh, maybe a secondary school or, or sixth form, uh, those of you Pathfinders, grafted age. I'm not, I'm not picking on the teens, um, uh, particularly today with these applications, but just wanted to say, for, for those of you in, in those groups, uh, lockdown is hard for you guys as well, and we want you to know, even as we gather as a church family on this Sunday, God's Word addresses you. You have a Father in heaven who loves you and cares about you. He wants you to hear his word. And so you think about this one again, and the rest of us can do the work for other situations for us as well. But think about that situation at school where somebody does something wrong, really wrong. And it has huge consequences, but this time it's not you, it's someone else. Someone you know, and they're not a Christian. And you can see what they're going through, but you're the one who says, look, that thing you did... I know you're sorry, and where, where it impacted me, I, I've forgiven it. It's in the past. You never need to bring it up with me again, and I'm still your friend, and any help I can give you, I'll give it. See, why would you do that? Blessed are the merciful, because we follow Jesus, and we're living today shaped by that future day, and we'd love others, whether it's at school, whether it's in your family, whether it's friends or work colleagues, we'd love others to get a taste of it and say, I wish life could be like this always. I wish I could enjoy this. That would be the blessed life, so we can point them to the Lord Jesus who says, one day it really will be. As a church family, we want to commit ourselves to that kind of mission together, even when it's hard. Do you want to do that? Well, let's pray together as we stop now. Let's bow our heads and pray together and ask that the Lord will lead us in this blessed life. Lord Jesus, thank you for your words. Thank you for the way you've invaded our world, your, your kingdom is breaking in. And we get tests even now of that blessed life that we'll enjoy in the full that day. And please would you help us. Thank you for the church family. Thank you for being together, gathering at all, meeting online. It does assure us about that day and reassure us. And also we want to be people who, who point towards your great grace and the offer you hold out to us. Help us as a church family to do that. And we ask it in your son's precious name. Amen. Uh, we're going to turn to worship again now with our, our final hymn. Uh, you'll see some of the words in this. This is a, a great song. 
a great hymn of praise, by faith. One of the verses will say these words in it, by faith the church was called to go in the power of the Spirit to the lost to preach good news in every corner of the earth. That's our mission as a church family, to preach the good news wherever we are about this blessed life. In the building, we're going to stand and we'll mouth the words or hum along. At home, you can stand and worship uh, with loud voice. So as the music begins, let's stand and do that together. <laughs>